Coming up, what an excellent day for the history of the devil, part seven. another episode of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we normally examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Dias. And we are still your holy guides on this journey through, oops, all bonus episodes. And yes, folks, welcome back to hell, or inferno, or inferno, as Dante calls it. Yes, we are continuing our buddy comedy road trip, our divine buddy comedy road trip through hell. I thought that would be funnier, Keenan. I thought you at that least give me a pity laugh. Okay, all right, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. You remember, folks, we started out with Dante literally going through a midlife crisis at 45. 35. <sighs> 35. As he wanders through some woods and comes to the edge of a mountain, which he tries to ascend, but his way is blocked by a panther. Or a leopard. Or a leopard, uh, a lion, and a she-wolf. He runs mm-hmm. down the mountain and bumps into Virgil, who says he was sent by Dante's lifelong, unrequited crush, Beatrice, up in heaven, uh, to guide Dante through hell, purgatory, and finally, heaven. From there, we descend, entering upon the first circle of hell, which is called Limbo. <laughs> Feel that limbo beat. Yes, yes. Can you feel the limbo beat? (laughs) If you can, your soul is already in danger. No, it's too late. (laughs) Yeah, once you hear that music, there's no going back. No. The gravity will pull you down the rest of the way. (laughs) Yes. How low can we go, folks? Um, (laughs) I was wondering when we would would use that, but yeah. (laughs) Folks, if you thought we were were not low enough to use that, well, haha. Um... Wherein we meet the, quote, noble pagans, of which Virgil himself is included. After this, we go down, uh, no, um, we enter, now, that, okay, none of these, none of these words are appropriate. Um, we penetrate. We penetrate the circle of lust. <laughs> Together. Together. <laughs> Uh, wherein we meet Francesca and Paolo, doomed to be swept to and fro by the winds of their desire. We then enter the third circle, which is gluttony, where the goodest boy Cerberus resides, guarding all the gluttons with his fearsome bark. Who's got a fearsome bark? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I got to say it three times. Um, (laughs) After this, we descend further into the fourth circle reserved for the wrathful, as they fight each other whilst mired in the river Styx, which is here a river of filth or shit, and also reserved for the slothful who gurgle and bubble underneath the poopy surface. I, I tried to find a better adjective for shit, folks, but um, we then enter the sixth, fecal, the, the fecal, fecal surface. Okay, we'll just redo that whole thing. The fecal surface. Right. Yes. Uh, we then enter the sixth, sixth, sixth circle reserved for heretics. And folks, if you'll remember, we had just gained access to Dis. To what? No, the city of Dis. The city of what? No, this is what Dante calls the city in hell. So what does he call it? I just told you. No, you didn't. You said this is the name of the city. Right. So what is it? You just said it. 
Said what? The name of the city. Which is what? Which is dis. <laughs> Third circle. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just uh that's that's Dante and Virgil on uh on the boat and and Akron is just like, oh my god. Uh but no folks. Uh so last time a heavenly messenger came down and ordered the fallen angels to open the gates of the city for our boys, and then walked back across the river, as Dante puts it, in a distracted manner, as one who has like many thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. On their mind, to which I take it to mean they were just like grumbling all the way. Of course, I'm going to go all the way down here. It's like you know, they don't they don't send Gabriel. They got to send. Um, well, we, we never we de- we never decided who this angel was. Like what? Right. what let's give him a name. Um, um, uh, wait. So we've done Gabriel. We've done Michael. We've done, yeah. Has to have an EL at the end. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe maybe that's why he's sent down because he's not one of the L's. <laughs> all right. His name's Caden. Caden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Caden. Caden the angel, right? Yeah. But yeah, so Caden's walking back across uh, across hell, and he's just like, <laughs> like oh, look at me. I'm Gabriel. <laughs> right. Yeah. But even on the way, he, he you know, he gives Cerberus a little pat. He's like, I hate Oh, Caden. yeah, he's good. Love you, Cerberus. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody, no, nobody can be angry at Cerberus. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. He, if you are, he'll eat you three yeah. times. If three times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so 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 we are in the oh God, this this is my hell. OK, we uh, ninth canto. This is the uh-huh. end of the ninth canto. And right. we are still in the 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 sixth, the sixth, the sixth circle, <laughs> which is heresy. And folks, um, I have found a handy dandy map, which I will be sharing on the Facebook group so that all of you can keep track as well. Yeah, I need this. This is from Infographica. Is that right? Yeah, it's I believe wonderful. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very helpful because uh this is not the order of the circles I would put them in, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess lust would be the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah I love lust. I think lust you know would what? be <laughs> even, you know, even higher, even uh, you know, lesser than being a noble pagan. Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> What's wrong with lust? <laughs> hey, no, hey, hey, nobody's saying nothing wrong with lust. I mean, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you, know. you found me here, I'd, I'd be in the. Um, I'd be a sort of a fence hugger between lust and gluttony. That's where I'd hang out and go back and forth. Interesting. Yeah, that's and my and life. being and being and hugging the fence in the circle of lust <laughs> is you're hugging it in a very specific way. Very I specific. Very suggestive. <laughs> <laughs> you said between lust and gluttony, so you're just you're just chomping on a hamburger oh, while yeah, you're yeah. doing it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. You know how you you know you you use a new workout machine you've never done, or there's some exercise, some stretch you've never done, and then the uh-huh. next day you have like, oh god, I didn't know that those muscles existed in me. You feel exactly. in those ways. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm doing down there. <laughs> you all can't even imagine <laughs> how I'm holding this fence and eating these these burgers. <laughs> I just Dante and Virgil are like, like, and this is the circle of lust, and you can see everybody's unhappy here. And so, what was that guy doing over there? No, 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 right. Everybody is unhappy here. Just don't look that way. Everybody, nobody is having a good time. Kidding? Yes, yeah, got my mouth full of French fries. That limbo feet, who's up here to limbo feet? Happy never with the architect. Jack, go up the limbo stick. And Dante's getting into it, and Virgil's got to like, like hit him. Like, right, stop, exactly. it, stop, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! To teach you a lesson. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, this graphic is very helpful yeah. um, to, to remember and keep track. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's not like intuitive about the order necessarily. No, no, no. Um, and it, it, but that actually, Keenan, this brings uh, uh, up a question. I was wondering where to put this, um, mm-hmm. but I, it, how many people have only committed one sin? <laughs> That's right. 
I mean, I am Not pretty me. good. I'm, I'm checking off these boxes. I'm looking at this map, and I was like, well, well, pieces of me will be here. Right. And then pieces of me will also be here. Um, I have been violent. I have been a fraud. I've been treacherous. I don't know mm. if that's my main, you know, my main jam. Is that, that what it is? Like, the, yeah. one, the one that you do the most or the worst D? Because I imagine, you know, like... The, the treacherous are also gluttonous, but like, right, exactly. They're, yeah, yeah. they're more treacherous than gluttonous, I guess. This is like Hogwarts houses. That's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. Oh, God. Which, who has, oh, how have we not done a, a which circle in hell do you belong in? <laughs> that, that must exist out it there. It has to. BuzzFeed right? has probably already done that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know I just, we haven't. I know we're still in the um, the recap era. We haven't mm-hmm. really gotten into any new territory yet. So this yeah, is probably. Yeah. But I was thinking very hard about my four cats and which which Hogwarts houses they would be. Oh, hmm. <laughs> so so I believe, and you haven't met my cat, so this is no. this is this must be riveting to you. So I, I, will, uh, I will take your word for it. Yes, yeah. yes, but I think I think we're, we're going to get to hell, folks. We promise. We, Maybe yeah. <laughs> we'll see if we have time. <laughs> my cat Peppermint is very shy and reserved, and she just is pretty chill to hang out with. She she's a Ravenclaw, clearly. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. And my cat Caramel is the one who constantly moves toys back and forth like he puts little piles together and then mm-hmm. and then assembles them and, and then moves them in a different room slowly throughout the day so he's mm-hmm. always working he's a gryffindor okay and yeah. uh my my oldest cat uh, bacon he's a real bastard he's mm-hmm. he's too smart and he's he's a real son of a bitch he's a mm-hmm. he's a slytherin and mm-hmm. uh oatmeal is a uh hufflepuff clearly oh wow there we go are you what? a gryffindor or a hufflepuff i am oh me um yeah. i see i i always wanted to be a slytherin because mm-hmm. they just they just have the coolest yeah, to them. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. That's what I, I wish I was a Slytherin. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. but um, and and I actually like so so working here at the school, um, all of the teachers we we put our like our little Hogwarts uh, you mm-hmm. know crests on the on our doors. Mm-hmm. And my boss came in and he's like, Lester, how are you not a Gryffindor? And I'm like, <laughs> right. No, I'm a Slytherin. And <laughs> and he made me take the Pottermore test, and and it came out Gryffindor. Oh, okay, great. That's um, what I thought. But, but actually, oh, so you say Gryffindor because, like, I'm looking at it now, and mm-hmm. people have been teasing me and being like, well, actually, I think you're a little bit more Hufflepuff. And I'm like, no, it's the worst <laughs> one. But now, like, like, okay, the older, I have just reached the age of mm-hmm. 40. Mm-hmm. And I'm that looking is. at, I'm, I'm, I'm reading Lord of the Rings um, mm-hmm. with a kind of like a different mind. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at Sam, and I'm like, I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm saying I thought it, you know as I wanted to be Aragorn I wanted to be you know Sauron you, but you leave I, your wife and kids behind to help no your buddy. no oh god no no that's no. what that's Sam's thing is like someone needs help right so mm-hmm. my you know my buddy needs help so I'm gonna mm-hmm. leave my life behind and the things that are important to me I'm gonna sacrifice of myself you know mm-hmm. yeah. that's Sam that's Sam that's Hufflepuff <laughs> yeah yeah incredibly loyal yeah right, right, right. it's the one that everyone forgets but uh you know <laughs> no yeah I, I would think you were one of those but yeah I'd say Gryffindor Gryffindor sure. okay yeah, yeah I think so be a, a Grifflepuff <laughs> Or, or a Huffledore. <laughs> and and no Slytherin at all, apparently. Wow, great. Yeah, I wish I was a Slytherin, but I'm yeah. a Ravenclaw. That's yeah. just, that's just ah, there we go. Yeah, I would say yeah. Ravenclaw for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a lustful anyway. gluttonous <laughs> limbo-y Ravenclaw. <laughs> I'm just saying, the, sor- the sorting hat comes out. It's like, better be lost. Oh, God, get me off this guy's head. Oh, <laughs> this guy's right. thoughts. Oh, jeez. Right, you wouldn't want to send someone to lust who asked to be sent there. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's a good question. This is like, and you, so, so we got King Minos down there, right? <laughs> right. And he wraps the tail around himself mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. times, and he's like, it's like, and you're going to be sent to last. And he's like, ooh, yes. And it's like, no, <laughs> never mind. It's, this is terrible. Like, you're gonna be, you're gonna be flung on this, on this tumultuous wind with all these other naked but no, Never mind. Just get just, get, get ninth circle for you. Get it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's keep the lower half of you frozen in ice for mm-hmm. all eternity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Anyway, sorry, where are we? Just yeah, trying to recap. Let's, sorry about let's that. Let's get back into let's get back into hell. Um, but yeah. So uh, yeah. So so uh, yeah. So so they enter the city of Dis, and it's just it turns out. So they get like that was that was where we we left off last episode mm-hmm. was they were trying to get into the city, and uh, the gates were closed, and these fallen angels were like taunting them mm-hmm. at the you know uh, uh, on the walls of the city, and they get in. And it turns out it's just this massive graveyard. Mm-hmm. It just like rows and rows of open graves. And we see that like flames are coming out of these graves. Right? And, and right. before and before the canto ends, Virgil tells us that these are the tombs of the heretics, right? Mm-hmm. With with all their disciples and all their sects, right? His sects, not sects. <laughs> that's that's circle two. That's you know. Um, right. But yeah. Um, and it's here that they are condemned uh, for all eternity, uh, it, it, like inside these burning tombs um so so now we're getting into like this is like hell proper right like yeah that's a this, good point mm-hmm. this sounds awful like this combines two of my worst fears right like mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm very claustrophobic right mm-hmm. um and ever since i was very young i've had this horrible uh, fear of like being buried alive right it, it sounds oh, like right mm-hmm. like the worst thing in the world right and then, of course, being burned alive. Like, I don't think anybody is, <laughs> is neutral about that, right? Like, I think that's a pretty scary thing, no matter who you are. Right. right. I don't think people get buried alive very often anymore, but there right. that used to happen enough mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that there was a small industry, at least in America and Europe, where they would um, they would equip your grave, you know, with, like, alarms. Yes. Have you seen those? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Like, they'd tie a string around your toe or something, and you'd mm-hmm, be able mm-hmm. to. And it, ha- it did save, like, you know... Uh, not a lot, a lot of people, but enough that you know that made the news. You know, in yeah, these local yeah. towns in the 1700s and 1800s, right? Where they're like, mm-hmm, okay, well, mm-hmm. that worked. Thank God, thank God, we had this. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I, I remember uh, reading about that in in one of the one of the many kind of like. Um, spooky uh non-fiction books that i would pick mm-hmm. up at my at my uh school library and right. and for some reason they were just like yeah a book about being buried alive let's put that in uh in this you know the kids will love this um, and, <laughs> yeah. and and i remember seeing that little his little diagram a little uh dead guy <laughs> six feet below and he's got a string attached to his toe and there's a little bell on the top of the thing right you know um so yeah right now nowadays there's not as much risk of you being buried alive where they're taking you down there uh right. but the risk would be in getting embalmed alive right <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Right. Yes, yes. So, so if you weren't dead by the time the mortician um, empties out all of your fluids and replaces yeah. them with embalming fluid, then then yes, that would be when you die. So yes, I yes. guess we don't have a way of knowing how many times that has happened, and the morticians don't yeah, care. Yeah, they're getting their well, check. Thank you, Keenan, for that. I <laughs> see that was that was one of the things that I remember that book saying. It's like nowadays being buried alive never happens anymore because of embalming, and it was like, oh, thank God. But you have just awoken a, a new fear in me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, what, what are you going to do at that point? I mean, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> I was it, like, I, I had, uh, I had always reasoned like, it was like, well, you know, like there's always a first and, and also how do they know? <laughs> like I'm, I just, with my luck folks, mm-hmm. you just, you just wait, right. The, uh, on, on, on Lester's, uh, uh burial day, right? right. If you, if you listen real, real hard, you're going to hear me wake up and be like, fuck, <laughs> I guess I'm the first. <laughs> Who survived embalming and is who still survived embalming, or, or or just like by 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 sheer happenstance, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a series of like um, uh, wrong decisions that lead to accidentally not embalming Lester, <laughs> burying him prematurely, and then he wakes up, and there we go. And I'm gonna be like, well, I always knew this would happen, right? 
you, you know, a thing that's interesting to me about like being burned alive in your grave as a heretic, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, so, so far we've had this contrapasso idea, which is yes. the ironic punishment. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that has something to do with it, right? Of like, you, you've been following the wrong religion, right? And you're not a Catholic, but you mm-hmm. are going about your life in a way that like, okay, you, you've lived your life in a way that's separate. And so you don't get to have these Catholic burial rights. We're going right. to strive to be away from that, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like all that to say, like... After after that, I kind of like decided it's like, all right, well, you know, just this is only one way to be absolutely sure that mm-hmm. I'm not going to get buried alive, and that's cremation. Um, mm-hmm. But now, reading Dante, I'm like, hmm, being stuck in a box and being burned alive doesn't sound great either. <laughs> so thanks, right. Dante. Like well, that would be a very narrow window because if you're buried alive, you you know, you could wake up a day or two after, a week after you've been mm-hmm. uh, you've been buried, right? But that's a pretty narrow window where they're where they're where they're um, cremating you. Well, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so that's very mm-hmm. unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, what what I mean is like I wake up and it's like, well, this now nah, this is happening. Like, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna be, I guess I'm gonna be cremated. Um, right. Versus. I wake up underground and I'm like, well, I just got to wait this out. <laughs> I didn't spring for the $20 for that toe bell. Uh, that, little, that little toe belt, right? Yeah. Man. Bring those toe bells back. Hey, we have phones now. <laughs> just bury, bury me with my phone. Right. Fully charged, please. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, if you get a message from me <laughs> a couple days after my funeral... <laughs> Please come and get me. Uh, we'll see. You know, Billy Busy. <laughs> the kids have soccer that weekend. <laughs> oh, what's this? Oh, uh, a Facebook update from Lester. <laughs> help, help, help. I've been buried alive. Oh, like. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's, a, he's a close friend. Love. <laughs> the little hug uh, emoji or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a, a friend whose um, mother passed away now several years ago. And oh. um, and I got a, a Snapchat uh, notification that, oh, this this person's mother is on Snapchat. Like your contact, you know, from your oh. phone is on Snapchat. And, and so what it must be is that uh, it's been long enough that, that that phone number has been out of use that they've given it to somebody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but right? so it still came up. It's like, it like your, your friend's dead mother is on Snapchat. Yeah. Do you want to connect with her? Oh. <laughs> so wow. I told my friend that because they're like, I don't know if they want to know that or not. But Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's always yeah. That's always a little bit like because I, I I'm I am friends still on Facebook with pages that have become like memorial pages. Uh huh. Right. Right. You know, and they're still they're like kept around like uh you know like um out of out of memory for right. for mm-hmm. uh, the people who passed. But and yeah and and it's like every now and then you get a notification or like a message and it's you know I mean you can't help but feel just a little bit like oh, you know <laughs> right yeah of course yeah yeah. But, uh, from beyond the grave, yeah, from, it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's Annabelle yeah. Lee or Lenore rather from beyond <laughs> the grave. Yeah, <laughs> Lenore is rap tap tapping on your Facebook door. Oh God! <laughs> Tis some friend request I muttered. <laughs> Only this and nothing more. <laughs> 
Oh God. Okay. Well, all right, all right, all right. Back to back to heretics uh, burning in their in their tombs. Right? <laughs> Much funnier. There we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So 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 they're all trapped inside these these burning tombs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Virgil, uh, I think actually the the lids might be closed. Um, right. I, reading it uh, again. Yeah. So, but yes. you can see like they're they're cracked just the slightest bit. Like these stone like um like almost sarcophagus uh, right. lids are, are cracked a little bit. And you can see the flames kind of poking out. Yeah. Right? If you couldn't see that, then it would be, be pointless to do. Yeah. Right. Because the point is to scare. people. People. So Virgil's like, trust me, they're on fire inside there. It's like, well, this is kind of like Schrodinger's heretics, isn't it? Because <laughs> I can't, I'll just have to take your word for it, Virgil. <laughs> yeah, you want to crack this one open? Take a look down there? Yeah. It'll be 10 lira. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, even, even in hell. <laughs> hey, this is hell. Everything. Hey, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to keep the furnace burning, you know? How are we going to do that? Yeah. But yeah, so so uh, Virgil leads Dante past the tombs of Epicurus and his followers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Epicurus, he was a Greek philosopher who did not believe in immortality or an mm-hmm. afterlife, which I don't know why this strikes me as funny. Mm-hmm. I just imagine Epicurus in his tomb, arms folded like, well, don't I have egg on my face now? <laughs> but that's part of the point, right? Of, of, yeah. Of, yeah, that's part of the point of telling this story is to like warn people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, right. like, um, John Bunyan ha- in his Pilgrim's Progress. I don't know if you've read that. I must've been a long, long time ago. Mm. Yeah. Like there, that, that's part of it is like, everyone is, as opposed to Dante's Inferno, where everyone is like real people, <laughs> you know, actual people. Uh, yeah. he, he comes up with little archetypes for them. So there's Mr. Worldly Wise Man who is like, ah, okay. oh yes, I, I, I live my life perfectly fine. I'm great, but I haven't accepted Christ into my heart. So, mm. um, this Christ isn't real, you know, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then the whole point is that, you know, um, like, the whole point of telling this story is like to warn you to not become Mr. Worldly Wise Man. Right. Yeah. 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 So, ah, okay. So Epicurious. <laughs> Wait. Oh, God. I keep saying Epicurious. You said Epicurious. I said Epicurious. Yeah, I know. Right. We <laughs> Ep- Epicurus. Epicurus. Epicurious is the app named after Epicurus. Oh, really? There's an I didn't know there was an app. <laughs> oh, Epicurious is an app that that is it, it's to um, uh, it's like a recipe app. And then you tell it like, oh, these are the kind of things I'd like to try. And then it gives you recipes for it. Wait, was was Epicurus like? Related to food in some way? Uh, an Epicurean is someone who uh, follows the teachings of Epicurus, uh-huh. um, who who then is is like, yeah, we should be um, we should be trying to um, explore the, the the world, right? We should try to be like expanding our our palates and the worldliness of it. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, so if you have an Epicurean palate, then you want to like try yes. all the different foods and everything like that. Right? Yes, exactly. I, he didn't. I don't think he cared particularly about um, food. Food. Yeah. <laughs> Right. He's not in the gluttony circle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, an Epicurean is someone who's like trying to, um, you know, be skeptical about the a- exactly skeptical about the afterlife, and then like uh, be I don't know if they'd call themselves hedonists, but like their critics would call them hedonists. Like, gotcha. you're trying to explore and, and care about all this stuff on Earth, you know. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now he's locked in a burn tomb. <laughs> <laughs> he's he he has become what he hates the most a hot pocket. <laughs> But yeah, I do think it's like, great that he. Uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say it was just like I, I, I could have been, I could have been tiramisu. I could have been. <laughs> no, I am a microwave dinner. <laughs> yeah, a nice Italian ice would have been nice down here. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's one of these. Uh, he doesn't count as a noble pagan who gets to be in limbo, which is just kind of right. you know meh, because yeah. he he actively campaigned against people caring about the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, so so uh, uh, Dante and Virgil are walking, and Dante Dante once again expresses a desire to see if he can recognize <laughs> anyone in the tombs, uh-huh. um, and he asks Virgil if maybe he can sneak a peek, and it just like. Because Dante is writing this, mm-hmm. and but he's he's characterizing himself as a little bit too. What's that? What's that word when you want to see your enemies punished? Like 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 it's a little like bit vengeful. Petty. Oh yeah, yeah, petty. Yes, that's the right? word for it. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's like I would think like if I'm writing my, I mean, I would be petty because I would write <laughs> you're my enemies burning in hell, right? Right? <laughs> right. But I wouldn't characterize myself like the character of Lester, like being like, ooh, 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 can, Virgil, can I? Or, <laughs> Mr. Stephen King, can I go and see like like who's inside the the, the tombs? Right, and, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I would self insert myself. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I wish I could save these people. I know. I'm so good. Yeah, God, right. And right. I'm like, no, no. A. Milne, my my guide, would be like, no, Keenan, it's too late. They've made their yes. choice. There's nothing you can do about right. that. Yeah, all, yeah. Although you're so wise and beautiful, and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but all but all these people are just horrible pieces of shit. Right. And you'd be like, no, no. There's there's good in them. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You just you oh that's that's you, Keenan. You just see the good in every. Well, you stop humping the fence. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and I going back to this. I prefer that you not call it humping. What I have invented here is beyond your your <laughs> limits of your imagination. Oh God! Yeah, but right. you'd, be, you'd be down there. You'd be like, "Oh, I, I loved you most of all, woman who mm-hmm. cut me off in traffic at the four right. that one time." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just it just it it strikes me as as uh, funny that mm-hmm. that Virgil is or no, that Dante is is characterizing himself as mm-hmm. a, a bit too overeager to, right. to peek into these tombs. Um, right. And and Virgil's response is a little bit strange here. He says uh, he'll get his wish as well as his other secret wish which i could not figure out i was trying to figure out like what what is what is dante's secret wish because i don't think it comes up i i don't know i don't does it come up in the other books that we didn't read you know um paradiso or something possibly maybe maybe that's what he's alluding to like yeah maybe maybe um uh, paradiso or purgatory we're just interested in the hell part (laughs) yeah yeah that's the um you know what do they say the devil has the best tunes right yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i I assume there's something to do with beatrice like i don't know possibly yeah break up this heavenly matrimony between her and her husband because you're so good you're so good Mm -hmm. you're just you're just so good i mean yeah yeah uh and you don't snore and you don't (laughs) Sleep kick. That's right. No, no. And none of this. And he just starts listing off things like specifically in the negative, right? You know, it doesn't matter what those guys say. You are you are tall and you are right. the perfect weight for your height. Right. You know. And, um, you know, one eyelid being a little droopier than the other one, that, hey, that's normal. That's you natural. You wouldn't in want fact, to be perfectly symmetrical. No, no, no. That's weird. I, I, I wouldn't want to be that. I'm jealous that. of you, Dante. Um <laughs> Right, you're right, and that, that your paunch really fills out this tunic, unlike mm-hmm. mine. <laughs> it just yeah. drapes there. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's like anything could be under here, but we we know you know what's you know what's under your tunic, Dante? Mm-hmm. Character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, okay. So 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 um, as they're talking, they hear a voice from one of the tombs. This is this this part is is, like where it starts to get like spooky and and, and creepy for me right well yeah because this is this is like what we recognize as hell right yeah right we don't even though maybe the gluttony sloth shit river is that that would make sense like in the 
Greek version of hell, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're not, we're not, we don't think about that all the time. Right, so right. So this yeah. is the kind that we're like, oh, yes, I know this. This is scary right. stuff. Yeah, burning alive, being buried alive, you know, voices coming from tombs. It, it's all, it's all right. coming together now. Yeah, and graves right. that are, so even if, if you like wanted to be cremated and have your urn on your, um, your children's uh, mantle, you still recognize what a tomb is as opposed to like yes. the, the Greek version of a, of a burial, which we don't recognize right. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they hear this voice from one of the tombs and they mm-hmm. turn and they see someone rising up from uh, the tomb that they just passed. And uh, this this person is calling out to Dante mm-hmm. um, and Virgil shoves him over like, well, here's your wish. I guess, is this what he's talking about? Like, <laughs> is this the secret wish? No, no. <laughs> I, and, he, and he finds out like that this is, okay, okay this is uh, Farinata. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's a, a, a Ghibelline. Remember, mm-hmm. that was the, the family that Dante's family, the Guelphs, were um, or, or are, I guess, feuding against. Right. Um, that, that's the whole reason Dante got um, uh, not uh, excommunicated. Exiled. exiled. Yeah. Yeah. From, yeah. from Florence. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and from the text here, it seems like they never knew each other in life. Um, they, they both have this moment like like, oh, you're from the other family. Mm-hmm. So so they must have so they must have never met before. In fact, I think I think Farinata is like a. Like he's a bigwig in in the other family. Um, oh, okay. Like he's like he's 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 one of the higher ups, um, and yeah, they they speak civilly to each other, um, and it's this thing like yeah, my family sure did some terrible things to your family, and Dante's mm-hmm. like yeah, and we sure did some horrible things back to you, and it's this long very polite philosophical like conversation that Dante and this guy have but folks you have to remember that this guy is sitting up his upper torso is por- is poking out of a burning grave <laughs> and he's sitting there talking to Dante about the human condition like he's in a hot tub <laughs> is what's you know um yeah, yeah, I mean, so I guess, you know, you get used to it, but you're not supposed to be able to get used to it, right? <laughs> no, you're not supposed to. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> that's always what I wondered is like, like, mm-hmm. well, you know, like we, we must be able to get used to it. But no, I don't I don't think that's the uh, I think that would that would uh, completely destroy the purpose. So, yeah. <laughs> but then, OK, so Keenan, midway through this conversation, mm-hmm. another head pokes out of the same grave. Right. And this is Cavalcante de Cavalcante, uh, the father of Dante's best friend, Guido Cavalcante. Mm-hmm. Um, and he interrupts them to ask about his son, Guido. And Dante tries to say that he doesn't know where Guido is, but like in doing so, he refers to him in the past tense, uh, mm-hmm. leading this guy, Cavalcante, the father, to assume that his son is dead. Mm-hmm. At which point he like he despairs, he, like he howls and and he disappears back into the grave. Um and and that's it. Like and, and the most notable thing about this, uh, the first guy, right, Farinata, hot mm-hmm. tub guy, um, <laughs> He like there's this pause and then he continues talking as as if they hadn't been interrupted. Right. Um, they have a good sense of time down there, I think. Yeah. Right. And, but like to me, this is like like the most disturbing thing about this passage. I don't know. I don't know why, but it makes me think of like amusement park animatronics mm-hmm. who are programmed to do a thing like pop out of a grave or talk philosophy with you, mm-hmm. but they're not aware of each other. It's like these two people, <laughs> like, and, and it, like, it's funny, but it's also like creepy. It's, mm-hmm. it's because it's like, that guy doesn't know that the other guy's in there with him, you right. know? And it's like, it's, it, you know, it's, it's like, I can hear his voice coming from far away. Like, as if, you know, like just picking the, the, the conversation back up as if nothing had, had, had happened. Oh, so, so they're all interacting with just Dante and not with yes. each other. Almost like remember we were talking about like um like with with uh, video game enemies right mm-hmm. like I imagine like you know uh, like like one video game monster doesn't you, you know like like it's programmed to just attack you it's not gonna like 
like talk to, you know, it's, it's buddy and be like, Hey, you know, we should gang up and we should, you know, use teamwork, you know, it's just going to go after, it doesn't even know that the other ones exist. And to me that like, it's, it's like dehumanizing in this, like your soul has been reduced to like almost like a computer program. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Like the, um, one of the benefits of being in hell <laughs> for me, <laughs> sure, for all eternities, you get to, you know, learn all these different people's lives and you get to talk mm-hmm. to them. And everything. But so you're saying in, in what we're presented here is that they don't do that. They don't get to right. like, chat and share, um, share tips and tricks, you know, life hacks of how to be in hell with right. each other. <laughs> it's, it's worse. It's worse than like being locked in prison and being like, so what are you in for? Ah, well, uh, da, da, da. you know, right, you'll get used to it, kid. You, you'll trade the cigarettes. Here's how the cigarette uh, trade right. works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, stay away from that fence over there. You know. <laughs> but like in prison, there's like there's recipes that get like for prison wine or prison right. uh, prison tiramisu. Or you were talking about regular tiramisu earlier. Yeah, yeah, right. But like prison tiramisu, like where you get like you hoard a Twinkie and you hoard this and that and you, mm-hmm. and you turn it into a dessert that you save up, you know, a whole month. Yeah. Back, you know, mm-hmm. and those are passed down. Like you don't, you know, the guards don't say that. The, the prisoners share that with each other. Right, right. To make yeah. it more bearable. And so, yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't have that. No, no, it's, it's like everybody is like, because, I guess, and, and I was I was listening to a scholar uh, talk about this on YouTube, and he was mm-hmm. talking about, like, because everybody is, like, by their nature, they're so self-centered, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why they're here. Oh, that, yeah. Like, being in hell, it's like they it, they they don't notice anybody else, oh, you know? Yeah. And that's like, oof, yeah. So even when they get some respite and they're not actively burning in a tomb, now they're just half burning in half of a tomb. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they still can't see beyond themselves. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Dante. Dante's pretty, uh, pretty uh, a deep guy, I guess. You know? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay. But like this specific relationship, Keenan, is all the more disturbing. So, so we're talking about like how how these these two don't uh, these two uh, uh, souls in this grave don't appear to know each other or even like realize that they're sharing this grave. Right. Right. Which is disturbing by itself, but it's all the more disturbing because these two actually knew each other in real life, apparently. Uh-huh. So Cavalcante's son Guido actually married Farinata's daughter. Uh-huh. Okay. And now they share this burning grave for all eternity. You'd think they have something to talk about. <laughs> right? Little busy here, Cavalcante. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Burning up to my eyeballs today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just like, well, you know, it's like, well, when, when are you free? Like, uh, you know, it's like, how about next week? Well, let me see. Uh, burning alive in a tomb. No, no, I got it. Uh, no, that's uh, burning alive in a tomb. Yeah, no, it looks like I'm, I'm completely booked. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so scholars actually use this passage and it's an example of what Dante is trying to say about hell, right? Mm-hmm. In Dante's version, hell is not, in fact, other people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it is, it is one's own narrow field of vision. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, so at the end of this conversation, Dante asks Farinata to tell Cavalcante, you know, the, the, the guy who disappeared back down, right? Mm-hmm. That his son Guido is not dead. Um, and this canto ends again in a, in a very weird place because it, it's almost like um, uh, uh, Farinata doesn't hear him or, or understand. Mm-hmm. It's like that guy, the guy that just popped up and, and asked if his son was alive and I accidentally, you know, uh, made him think that he was dead. Can you please tell him because you share the same grave that he isn't <laughs> dead? And Farinata's just like, huh? And it's just like, whoa, that's that. I don't know. That that creeps me out, you know? Yeah. Um, well, while you were yeah. looking, I mean, um, yeah, Guido was dead when they wrote the Divine Comedy, so... Dante's oh. like lying to him to be nice to him, I guess. Or does he not know? He doesn't know or... his friend is dead. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, I so Guido Guido died in 1300, and then Dante uh-huh. is writing the um, the Divine Comedy somewhere around 1308. Um, oh, so that's where he starts okay. it. Yeah, and then he finished in 1321. So, oh. yeah, so he knows. Okay, so maybe yeah, maybe he is trying to like um, 
like be nice uh to uh to Cavalcante. Yeah. That's sort of a you know like like who was Dante writing this for? Like other Florentines who would know Guido and know when he died or like or who is this for? Is it just for himself? Like what's the deal here? That it's not is, for Beatrice cuz she's dead. Right. I and and even if she was alive, like it's like hey, I wrote this this is <laughs> I wrote, I wrote the weirdest it. love letter. <laughs> I wrote a classic of world literature for you. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love Paradise Lost. Oh. Well. Oh, burning alive in tombs. Wow, it's so romantic. Okay. Right. So, like, is it is this a romantic cleft where the audience is supposed to know like what everything, is, who all these people are, and who they're standing for, and everything? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, because certainly. Guido is not as famous as Judas Iscariot or something like that, right? Yeah, so that's interesting to put him there. Yeah, but Uh so, I don't know. He is lying to Guido's father to say he's not dead. Okay. Um, well, this okay. So this 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 brings up two things actually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, firstly, yeah, to 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 piggyback on on what you just said about um, Dante, yeah, like like who is he writing this for? Because we're going to see a lot of um, people that he meets that like 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 the the guy Chaco in in Gluttony. Mm-hmm. You know, Chaco the pig, right? Um, who I who I imagine he just talks like he sounds like a mafia guy, right? <laughs> hey, I'm Chaco, Chaco the pig, right? You know, there's my friend Billy the Bull, and this is Chaco the pig, right? Um, but it's like nobody else knows who that is, Dante. This right. is like your this is like your fantasy of of like, oh that guy like like you say, Keenan, like that guy who cut me off, you know? And it's like oh it's Chaco, there you are in hell, and it's like and who's reading this, right? right? But. Um, I guess uh, none of that matters because uh, now we are celebrating him and we're doing a podcast about him. <laughs> so he's writing it for us. He knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one one a the day. Yeah. minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to a chocolate, so we'll not be able to talk about a movie. Yeah. <laughs> then you talk about a Dante. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Virgil. They're, they're covering the movie. We cannot. It's like, no, no, no. You just got to wait. You just got to wait. 2023 is going to be really wild. How could they possibly not talk about the movie? <laughs> it's a movie podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, divine providence. Ah, oh. <laughs> uh, Signora Virgil, I try. I try so hard to give him the five-star review, but uh, <laughs> the technology no worker from Paris. So. Oh. oh, it's okay. It's okay, Adante. <laughs> you try your best. You're such a beautiful soul. Yes. <laughs> And for some reason, Virgil is speaking with an Italian that's accent. Right, that's right. <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, well, he, he feels bad because, like, you know, he it's like, I got I to gotta mirror Dante, right? Right. No, that's his hell. I've yeah, been walking yeah. around doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Straining his voice. Yeah. And Wearing out his wrists, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote the Aeneid with these hands. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's that's not even Dante's accent. He's just doing it for fun. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but yeah, our version of, of the Inferno is is like our town, and it's just the two of them up there, and they're like, <laughs> they don't understand how important the five-star review is, do they? <laughs> no, they don't, Dante. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> so they just stare out at the audience, and the lights <laughs> go slowly down. <laughs> It's good because we didn't have a character voice for Dante before this, so we need one. Yeah. All right. Before we get any letters, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, before we get any letters, Dante mm-hmm. spoke a version of Italian that does not that that accent does not reflect <laughs> the Italian language as we know it today. Was not really invented until the 1800s as a way to unite all the different city states that had their own version of Latin Italian. So we know that we know that we know, <laughs> but that would that would not be as fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this canto ends again in a really weird place. They leave the graveyard and walk further into the city, going down into a valley where they encounter a putrid stench. Mm. And that's it. That's that's how the canto ends. All right, so now we're in canto 11, still in circle six. Six? Six. This one's getting a lot of time. <laughs> um, but not for long. Like, we're, we're about to leave this circle and go into the, the next one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they are at the edge of this deep valley, and the horrible smell is getting stronger and stronger. And so Virgil suggests that they actually slow down, mm-hmm. even, like, take a break and, you know, have a sit down so that they can get used to the smell. <laughs> oh, yeah, they become nose blind, I see. Yeah, I, I, like, I would think you would want to go through this valley as fast <laughs> as you can. That's what I would do. But this is, uh, you know, philosopher-poet logic, um, <laughs> I guess. So, you know. Um, but yeah, so as they're sitting at the edge of this uh, ravine, Virgil describes the, the last three circles of hell to Dante, um, which themselves are separated into smaller rings now. Um, so the seventh circle is for violence, but it is further divided into those violent against others, those violent against themselves, and those violent against God. Um <laughs> And then we get the eighth circle, that's fraud, reserved for the hypocrites, liars, and flatterers, and betrayers of trust. Um, and then the ninth circle is treachery for those who have betrayed their family, their country, their guests, or their benefactors. Um, and this is all being explained to Dante as they're, as they're sitting, right? Kind of, yeah, trying to become nose blind to this, uh, this stench. <laughs> um, and Virgil explains that these are the sins that anger God the most, right? The betrayal of trust, right? Mm-hmm. So um, unlike the previous six where Virgil is is not warning, he's like, let's go in there. You'll see. Yeah, right. right. Like, these, are the, these are the big ones. So he's like, we got right. to have a little sit down. I, I, yeah, I got to give you a little like preview. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, like this, this canto is also where Virgil takes the time to explain to Dante that the further down they go, the worse the sins are and the worse the punishments get, which mm-hmm. I feel like we're so used to by now that this almost seems redundant, right? Like, right. But we, like, we got to remember, folks, that this, in this story, Virgil hasn't explained this to Dante yet. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Keenan, I, like, I almost don't understand how this is not just understood like it, it, it almost feels like something that doesn't need to be said said like I, I mean what do you think well i don't know you know um the epic poems or epic sagas that we had before don't really follow that rising action structure all the time so like uh that's true you yeah. know beowulf mm-hmm. isn't like that the, the scariest mm-hmm. the, i you know it ends with the dragon and plucking the dragon's mm-hmm. heart out etc yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah but mm-hmm. <laughs> but the uh grendel is much scarier than everybody um, remembers yeah. Grendel. oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. go yeah yeah so so that's not structured if you had a rewrite you know you would rewrite mm-hmm. that and gilgamesh goes on for a long time and mm-hmm. i don't know and then uh king arthur tales would have been from before this or not mm-hmm. i, I yeah. Those are, those don't really have that that rising action either. Right, right. It is it is kind of like a, this this horizontal like like and then right. this happened and then this happened and then and then this happened but then this happened and right. you know it's like yeah huh and then like I mean we were talking about like the the narrative structure of the Bible itself right? oh yeah like, mm-hmm. just being like there you know there are whole chapters whole chunks where it's just um you know a list of names or just like historical it's it's almost like somebody's like noting it down like as a 
like a recorder of of uh, just like like a book of records. It's like, and then somebody came in and bought three fish, and then you know, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. But even in like even like Leviticus, you you read it, and it is yeah one of these lists of of things that lists of like rules, etc. But then at the very end, it's like okay, and then the Israelites made a choice, and now they're going to go and, and do this. Um, so like there's right. narrative sort of right at the end of it. So if you, <laughs> pardon me. If you're reading the um, the Jewish Bible um, in terms of narrative, right, and you're like, oh, this is yeah. like a list of things. I'm going to skip this. You actually miss a plot point. Yeah. Huh. Right at the end. Wow. Dang. Okay. Yeah. It like I guess it, so. So this this kind of um, explanation by Virgil was uh, mm-hmm. was necessary then. Right. Huh. Okay. Well. Well. Thank you, Keenan. Um, <gasps> Virgil's doing the tutorial. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We got Inferno, Purgatorio, <laughs> Tutorial. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I guess that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well. Um, well, thank you, Keenan. But okay. So uh, while we're here, right? Since uh, Virgil and Dante are taking a, a little rest, <laughs> um, I think this is the perfect time to uh, talk about our Circle Six right here All because right. we're we're about to leave Circle Six, the Circle of Heresy. So uh, it's that time again, Keenan Alleghetti, Uh What's going on in your Circle Six? Right. So you know, again, I'm not somebody with faith, so I'm not necessarily as concerned as people in Dante's time with like, oh, you're you're sort of of our faith, but not quite. Like you're so close yet so far away, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will tell you who I who I you dirty Guelphs. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, that's that's, that's no, Dante. no, it's the other that's, side. The other side. You you Gibelines. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it is like um, big enders and little enders, right? Like uh, in, um, do you know that from uh, from Gulliver's Travels? Oh no, no, no. Oh, this is. I know about the Lilliputs. Yeah. Oh sure, sure, sure. You're you're uh, a yeah. yeah. You're you're a casual. We would say. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a... <laughs> oh great! You know about the Lilliputians, yeah? Yeah, he goes to he goes to a place with like lots of little people, right? Yeah, well, he goes to a lot of places, and then there's ah. there's one of them. Oh, Gulliver's Travels, <laughs> right? right stop the first one. <laughs> Anyways, you know, there's like there's like Laputa, which is the mm-hmm. uh, you know like from Miyazaki's Castle in the Sky, like Laputa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. so anyways, it's, it's so um, and he so he goes all over the place. There's a, there's, uh-huh. a, there's a floating world and everything, and then so there's mm-hmm. a there's a world where um. People are, there's like a, you know, like something like a thousand year war. So, you know, it's like a hundred years war, you know, mm-hmm. big, long European style war. And then Gulliver's yeah. like, oh, so what's this war about? Is it about something, you know, major? So it's like, no, no, no. Um, uh, well, it is very big to them, but they, uh, mm-hmm. um, they're at war with people who break their, um, their boiled eggs at breakfast with the little end of the spoon. Where oh. in their country they break the eggshell at breakfast of the big end of the spoon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so they've been at war forever and ever and ever because of that. Wow, Keenan, how silly! We would never do anything <laughs> like that in real life. This 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 writer is just being silly right, right here. Like he's he's not making a commentary or anything. <laughs> That's swift for you. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I, I, so, heresy is a tough one for me, but I, I will tell you who I who I'm not a fan of are like these mm. um, uh, mega church pastors. But I don't know what you would call them. Like, mm. like you know, a mega church, which is just like a big church. That's that's not right. bad by itself. But like these ones who are like the televangelists to the extreme, right? And they uh, okay. they're on TV and they're um, and they're just soliciting all this money. And then like people are like, "Why do you have a private jet?" Right? And it's like, "Oh, well, oh, God, okay. God came and told me that I need a private jet." Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. so that I think is heretical and in, in right. maybe the worst ways possible, right? Uh, like specifically, like they always caution us against like, he's like, oh, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm, and right. like when I was growing up, that's, I, I thought it was like, oh, that's like saying goddamn right, or something like right. that. But like, 
like literally using his words and his message mm-hmm. for your own benefit or to like hurt other people. Yeah, that's yeah. that's heretical. I would say. Yeah. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, I think that's what the real you know meaning of that is of taking the Lord's mm-hmm. and like so. I yeah yeah. God told me I need a private jet, and that's how to serve you all. And I can't fly even on first class in a regular airplane. I need, yeah. I need yeah. my own private jet, right? Okay, I'm excited. How are these people getting punished? Yeah. Uh. Well, I think because we have the powers of the universe, right? So we can do anything we want. So, um, yeah. all of their conversations with God are tape recorded. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're public domain <laughs> so you can hear exactly what god has said to them and what he hasn't so you could double you could like you know um uh fact check them fact check their conversations with i love that <laughs> that is great right great say so, yeah, uh, uh will, will you play that back <laughs> right. fly no coach. you cannot have it <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh. If you if you need extra security because you're so famous, first class will suffice. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That is that is that is perfect, Keenan. Ah. Um, oh wait, okay. I, I'm sorry. I did, oh, I did oh, a yeah, quote yeah, yeah. from from God without doing it the way he would actually. Oh do no. It. So, so no, yeah. he would he would say, first class will suffice. I am the Lord." <laughs> yeah, there you, go, there you go. That's how he says it. Yes, I don't, we got We got Yeah, don't want to misquote the Lord. He's he's so far away. He's got to shout. <laughs> you know. I am the Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. Um, okay. So, so for my circle six, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my my uh, pun that I made before <laughs> and say um, that this heresy circle is for hearsay. All right. right yeah. Um, this is this is for the spreaders of misinformation. Um, and it, actually, Keenan, like ours are ours are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the way that uh, my guys are punished. Um, and these are the people. These are the ones who who are like like I did my research. Right. You know. And so <laughs> they they really they looked on like. You know, some uh, some wildly like biased, you know, website or you know, news source or whatever. Or but, they listen to um, a stupid comedy podcast and uh, yeah, right. It. Some you know that's that's just like <laughs> spitting misinformation all over the place, right? You know, and trusting them, right? Well, you know, it's not you know because they're specifically saying trust us with like we are doctors, we are experts, we are um you know uh, biblical scholars and stuff. Like no, 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 we're, we're not any, we're of, any that. of that. Um, no, um, but yeah. So so the way that these guys are getting punished, right? These uh, these hearsayers, mm-hmm. right? Um, is uh, they have to admit online to the whole world that they were wrong, which to them is like going to be the worst punishment of all because like it's a it's a huge blow to their egos, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like that. And it's going to be uh, just like on playback in this circle. Mm-hmm. It's just like I was wrong. I was da 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 da. I apologize. Da 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 da. Like, yeah. <laughs> On loudspeakers and big screens. <laughs> right. Hey, guys. Yeah, it's like a five-part apology videos, right? <laughs> hey, guys. I've hurt so many people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So so now we're in Canto 12, um, and that opens up with our dynamic duo entering the seventh circle. Finally, we're out of that. We're out of that. Um, I'm not even going to say it. We're out of that that other circle that comes before seven. Because um, <laughs> I'm done with that joke. Um <laughs> Yeah, so we're in the seventh circle, uh, and uh, and and they come across what appears to be like a landslide mm-hmm. or a or a hill of earth and rubble. And Dante actually compares this to um, this huge earthquake that he had experienced in the city of Trent uh, when he was back on Earth. Mm. And this this rock slide sort of like forms this jagged path uh, at the bottom of which is a minotaur. Yeah, I How was is... waiting for that thing. <laughs> I'd like yeah like we've we've gotten we've gotten uh harpies we've gotten medusa we've got you know yeah all these guys you know yeah now we got the minotaur right mm-hmm. in 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 this circle very very appropriate right um but keenan how is that not the first thing in this canto 
like there, there's four stanzas mm-hmm. before he notices the Minotaur. And I just imagine Dante looking at this hill of rubble and he's like, yes, yes, the devastation it calls to mind the ruins of Trent, a once mighty city. And over there we see the jagged pile of rubble symbolic of holy shit, that's a cow man. Like he's just standing there, you know, right? Cow, cowman? He's cowman. Cow, cow, cowboy, right? And he, and he, and he hitches his, his, uh, his thumbs into his, uh, into his non-belt because he's not wearing any pants. <laughs> they hadn't invented belts yet. Yeah, right? He's like, y'all better just get. But Virgil is like, nah, you get, right? Uh, no, no, no. Actually, so, so he, he taunts the Minotaur. Right. Um, saying like, oh, maybe you think the Duke of Athens has returned to kill you in the world above. And then he says something about the Minotaur's sister. And then he says, nah, we only came down here to witness your punishment. And and this insult like strikes the Minotaur like a blow. He's like, Bruh! and and like he staggers and Virgil's like, run! And 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 they run past him. And that's it. And that's it. And I I was I was waiting for it like uh, he's okay, he's taunting a bull. I was waiting for the, the Minotaur to be like you know, and, and and to like, you know, start like, you know, like digging his feet into the yeah, earth and, and like charge like he would, like like a, a matador, right? Absolutely. And then they and then they, you know, run, you know. But no, no, it just he 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 disses him, right. even though they're no longer in the city of dis. Um and 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 he's just like, oh, oh, oh right. And he gets that, you know, it's the little Tweety Bird up on top of his, uh, you know, the little the little bird circling right. above his head. And he's like, Ooh. yeah, um, and yeah, and they run past him. Um, but I, okay, actually, before before we we pass this 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 cowboy, um, I want to I want to talk about him a bit more. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because <laughs> you were, <laughs> you were you were like like um, uh, it was like finally when when we saw when we see this guy, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so so okay, so so what are you feeling about this? Well, like, we saw his master. Yes. In okay. The very you. beginning of yeah. of this whole hell thing. It is King Minos, yeah. right? Of this whole hell thing, <laughs> by Dante Alighieri. <laughs> right. He's the Sorting Hat of this world, King uh, Minos. Yeah. And I've right? just been waiting Better for. Better be lost. <laughs> just waiting for this Minotaur to show up. Why is the Minotaur right. down here? I don't know. Well, I, well, and I don't is... think the Minotaur belongs in his own circle of hell because the Minotaur was created specifically to to execute Minos's violence. This isn't fair. Mm-hmm. That he like he's not a wicked soul. Hmm. So you think Minos should be down here? Well, you know, Minos. I guess it's okay. You put him at the top because he's got that cool tail. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, why he's is sitting, he he's sitting in the out? in the interview room and he's like, it's like, so so, what are your skills? It's like I got a tail. You know, it's like all right, well, <laughs> I'm real judgy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay, judging. Yeah, yeah. So I don't get I don't get why he's here and not up with his his master. Yeah. Um, I don't get why. Um, yeah, why <laughs> why he's down there and doesn't do any minatory things. Yeah. Minatorial, um, minatorial duties. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And I want to meet his sister. So Dante says, <laughs> get away, you beast, for this man does not come tutored by your sister. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm. <laughs> so uh, what is his sister? What does the Minotaur's I, sister tutor men in? I, You know what? Um, this was something that I was like, Lester, you need to look into this because... <laughs> <laughs> because you need to know all corners of uh, of Dante's Inferno, and I was like, "Now nah, we're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna run past this the way that Dante and Virgil run past the, the Minotaur." <laughs> but then my co-host <laughs> asked me a question. I'm not asking you. I'm asking Dante. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, what, what is this? Yeah, Dante. What the what the hell? Um, I think I, I mean I, I imagine the story of the Minotaur says something about his sister. 
something. All right. I would let, me, let, me, let me try to remember yeah. here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Minotaur's sister is, I don't know if this is his sister. The ha- It's his half-sister, uh-huh. which sometimes back then people don't count. You know, as a half sister, mm-hmm. but the half sister is Ariadne, which I didn't—I don't remember from this. Uh, okay, so Ariadne is the is the um, young woman who uh, f- who solves the who solves the labyrinth by uh-huh, putting uh-huh. string out, you know, and doing all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't mm-hmm. realize that that was his sister. Mm. But so what does that mean? Let me look at this again. Mm. <laughs> so if it's Ariadne, get away, you beast! For I, this man, presumably myself, does not come tutored by your sister. He comes to view your punishments. Oh, it's like because like like well, who who was the 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 guy who who slew the Minotaur? Oh, uh, <laughs> it was one of those Esiuses, right? Oh, is Perseus God. or Theseus yeah, that's or, what I was or, say. <laughs> or or both Bougius or? <laughs> Wait, hang on. I'm gonna remember too. <laughs> Minotaur. Theseus. Okay, Theseus. it was Theseus, right? He okay, built a ship. So, yes, right. Yeah, that was that was the uh, the ship. Well, is it is it really his ship anymore? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we hardly wow, recognize we talked anymore. about. Oh my god, we have we have lost Keenan. We mm-hmm. have lost all credit here down in hell. <laughs> it, it's, we it's literally talked here. about the ship of the. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right, but this is all related to each other. Okay, so Theseus. Yes, yes, no, it is. Who builds his ship and then kills yeah. the Minotaur in some order? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know. But no, no, no. I think I think what I'm saying, what what's going on is mm-hmm. is in the story of the Minotaur, mm-hmm. isn't it? So didn't he solve the 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 labyrinth with that, the help of the the, the trick? Yeah, yes. right. Uh-huh. So that's so that's what that's what Virgil is saying. It's like Dante isn't here, um, you know, uh, with help from your sister with tutelage because like she she taught him how to solve the maze puzzle. Uh huh. Right. Right. So that's that's what he's saying. Like he's like he's he's basically just doing a callback. I don't know how this like. <laughs> insults i don't know how this makes the minotaur mad or sad he's 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 just referencing the story that he's in <laughs> he's saying no dante isn't theseus who okay. who was who was tutored by your sister remember to solve how the, your sister yeah yeah got, right? with, got with theseus in order to kill you yeah right all right oh maybe that yeah 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 right hey yeah this guy didn't didn't screw your sister he just wants to what? do you know what she did <laughs> do you know what she did <laughs> You're cunting, sister. Sister. But yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right, great. But yeah, okay, so so that's, yeah, th- the appearance of the Minotaur here, folks. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I actually don't know why we didn't bring this up earlier, but like, it's interesting to me how we have a mixture of history, like 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 we have actual historical fiction, mm-hmm. uh, figures, right? Like Caesar and Virgil and Homer right. and Plato, right? And Minos, uh-huh. right? We have King Minos down here as, as a judge, but he is like... What the Apocrypals, that other uh, podcast, they would call him Robin Hood real, um, which I, I, I really like that. Like, so, yeah. so they have two they have two types of historical real. They mm-hmm. have they have Caesar real, mm-hmm. which means the guy actually existed. There's records right. like he was actually one person. Right. And then there's Robin Hood real, which is like he might have existed. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's an amalgamation of a bunch of different real people right. or maybe he's just a legend. But certainly his legend is bigger than the actual guy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that's Robin Hood real. So King, King Minos is Robin Hood real. Um, we don't know for sure, like, if he really existed. Right. Mm-hmm. And most of his most of the stuff that we know about him comes from the legends. Right. Um, but then I, I just find it interesting that like, so, OK, so we got King Minos in one circle, like you say, Keenan, And we also got the Minotaur in another circle. And then similarly, we got like Greek 
and Roman philosophers and Caesar in one circle. And then we also like so so those are real. But then we also got Medusa and Cerberus, mm-hmm. right? So like it's it's this mixture of of reality and mythology from all these different cultures. And but it's like they're all like like the historically real people are existing in the same place as their gods and their monsters. And Dante must are, are making an assumption to think that Dante knows the difference. I mean, he was an educated person. He knows. Oh no, of course he knows. He the knows, difference, right? Like, okay, know. great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So so that's it. so he's doing this on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, and and okay, like even more meta. We have Virgil, mm-hmm. who is a writer himself, but was also a character in his buddy Lucan's story, mm-hmm. right? Like Lucan, whom whom you know he hangs out with in the first circle of hell in Limbo, <laughs> right? Um, and like, and sometimes Virgil. Like this Virgil makes reference to himself as the writer, right? Like, like I'm the writer of of the of the Aeneid, right? And then sometimes as the character, like I'm the character in in Lucan's right. uh, story. He, he has right? memories of that story, right? But then this Virgil is like a third Virgil because he is Dante's Virgil. Mm-hmm. And when people make a joke about this, like, like, oh, you know, I, I, I need a Virgil to guide me through this hell, <laughs> what, right? What people make that joke? <laughs> Nerds, Keenan, like myself, okay? When we make that joke, we're yes, talking yes, about yes. this Virgil, right? You know, Dante's Virgil. Oh, right? yeah, right. So, this is more famous than today, than, than Virgil that's himself, just right? so crazy to me, right? Like, the most famous, like, aspect of Virgil is him being, playing himself in Dante's story, right? <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah. This this is the most famous Virgil, right? Right. Um, you know, because uh, I didn't read the Aeneid. Mm-mm. I just lied and got a hundred percent. No, um, <laughs> make a play about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is the Aeneid, right? Yeah. Oh, Mister Aeneid. Uh, like, why is he doing an Italian accent? It's like, oh no 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 no. Yeah. This accent not a not a invented yet. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> But yeah, okay, and then and then the meta of metas, we got Dante himself, of course, like being a character in his own thing mm-hmm. here, right? But no, I, like I just find this like blending and blurring of the lines of reality and fiction, like even within this work of fiction to be like really interesting. It's like, oh, wait, the, the real Virgil, the writer of the Aeneid is taunting a, or the Minotaur, The Minotaur, right? yeah. Yeah, right? It'd be like Stephen King taunting Dracula. Now, you know he is not above that. I, Stephen no. King putting himself into a Dracula story. Right. Um, so, that, so yeah, Stephen King does do that. And Stephen yeah, King yeah. Um, puts himself in, in books. So you have a yeah. pretty good chance if you're reading a Stephen King novel right yeah. now that Stephen King is a character. Mm-hmm. In it. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, like, you, folks, you might be thinking, like, people who are not familiar with mm-hmm. Stephen King, you might be thinking, oh, oh yeah, there, there's a good chance that Stephen King might be, like, a self-insert, like, yeah. like the, the main character is a writer. No, I'm talking about, like, there are books and i'm not going to give away which ones yeah i, yeah, I don't want to spoil things yeah, yeah where you might be reading one king right now <laughs> shows up yes <laughs> and talks to like one of the cre- the his creations yeah it's like right. you know if you haven't read that story then uh, yeah that's 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 a fun one <laughs> like the characters literally go to maine go to right. stephen king's house and he's there <laughs> yeah uh but yeah uh okay so so uh all that said um uh, this is something that we are seeing in each circle, right? Is this roll call of historical and or fictional and or personal figures, mm-hmm. uh, people whom Dante has known or has had cause to know during his time in Italy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, they they run past this Minotaur. Um, <laughs> yeah, that seems like a letdown. I know, well, but that's that, but that's that's part of why I was saying that. Like the, like this version of Hell, like 
it's trying to show you all these different fears you could have potentially. Mm-hmm. Like you're like mm-hmm. you're afraid of the Minotaur, right? You read the Legend of the Minotaur, that's fucking scary. You read the Legend of the uh, the Argonauts, and and there's Medusa, that's fucking mm-hmm. scary, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is like everything that you're afraid of is down here somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they're all in their like respective circles, right? Right. And uh, that's the part that doesn't quite work with with that theory of like everything's mm-hmm. down here because because you might not see the Minotaur. Like if you're the most afraid of the Minotaur, he might not be in your circle. He's in he's in the yeah. violent circle. Right. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. This is. Th- so. Uh, folks. Again. Yeah. This is the circle of violence. Right. Mm-hmm. But what if. Um. You know. What if. Uh, what if you're in the circle of gluttony and your. But your. Your biggest fear is the minotaur. Yeah. You know. Um. Sorry. Uh, Should have yeah. seen differently. Right. What if. It, what if your circle is lust and you're just like really into cowboys and. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, Sharon. Yeah. I'm just like ah. <laughs> Cowmen and horsemen and. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh no 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 no, Keenan. There is there is a circle uh, for Sharon. Don't you just don't you worry. Um, <laughs> oh good. Yeah. Full of full of 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 horsemans. Um, yeah. But no, she wouldn't be down there. She's so nice. Yeah. No, she's so nice. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and I'm sure the horseman is 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 also nice. <laughs> I'm sure he's not like this minotaur. No, he teaches he teaches Reagan about riding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's very nice. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so, but yeah, so yeah, they run past this minotaur and they reach a boiling river of blood. Mm-hmm. And Virgil says, this is where the violent are punished. And now that is, ah, Keenan, that, that is, that is, is, is antipasto right there. Right? <laughs> the con- contrapasto. Con- contra- got it. Nailed it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but like, like this one, more than any other so far, I feel like this is the perfect, like, poetically just punishment right like mm-hmm. you you spilled blood in life and you're being boiled in it in death right, right. like like you know and 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 virgil first further explains that like depending on how violent the people are that's how like submerged they are right mm-hmm. so you got you got people in there you know from the waist down you got people uh you know uh, up to their knees right uh but then you got you know people up to their ears in blood right <laughs> and yeah okay so like speaking of mythology right mixing mixing in here like we got centaurs in the circle speaking of sharon um <laughs> right and we got some horsemen here and uh, and they're sort of like patrolling the edges and and looking out for any sort who are either trying to like rise too far above the surface or mm-hmm. to climb up onto the shore. And if they see anyone, they shoot them with bows and arrows. Right. right? And like you fall cowboys. back into them. Yeah, like good cowboys, right? Good horse boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and um and and of course these uh these centaurs see our boys and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Which which is weird for centaurs to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> right. But they're like, like, hey, buddy, you can't you can't be coming in here all alive, right? And and they're about to shoot our boys, but Virgil's like, like, I'm not answering anyone but Chiron. So so Chiron is a is a famous centaur, famously unique, right? Like he's he's usually depicted as the quote wisest and kindest centaur, right? Aww. Which is which is opposite from of, of how like centaurs are normally uh depicted in these myths, right? They're usually mm-hmm. like pretty rowdy and uncouth, right? But but Chiron but so why is he in hell? I he's a centaur. Look at him. <laughs> He's got he's got animal parts and he's got people parts. So it doesn't matter what's in here; it just matters no. what's out here. Yes, it, the outside is what counts. Keenan. Yeah, just imagine what part of the horse I point into there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we can imagine. Yeah. Show us on this drawing where no. Show us on the fence where no, no, it's my fence. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
but yeah, so yeah, so 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 uh, Chiron is different from from these other uh, other mm-hmm. centaurs, right? He's a musician, he's a poet, mm-hmm. he is a doctor, which I guess makes him the centaur for disease control. Do we have a sound effect for that kind of a joke? <laughs> what would that sound effect be? Either a rim shot or crickets or both, maybe. Where's the circle for dad joke tellers? That's the, right. Their punishment is they just got to listen to each other. Right, right exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so so he tells this other centaur, um, it's like, nah, nah, we're not talking to you. Go bring us Chiron. This is right. Virgil. Virgil says that, right? <laughs> and then like as this other centaur goes away, uh, he whispers to Dante, it's like, that's Nessus. And <laughs> it, I don't know why, but no, it, you laugh, I laugh. Like, right. I, this is, they're basically, he tells the story of Nessus, which is, you know, that, that Nessus tried to abduct uh, uh, Hercules. This isn't the funny part. Um, no, 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 no. But like, it's just, again, with this like, like, Oh, that's that's the famous. That's Medusa. That's this. That's mm-hmm. that. You know, like he's he's pointing out like all these uh, mythological um, uh, creatures whom you know the readers would be very very familiar with, right? Right. Yeah. He's also like talking shit right at him. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> that's he's, yeah. He's I can hear hearing. you. Yeah. I can, wait, wait. Whoa! I can hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talking talking behind his um flanks. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. Right? He's talking yeah. mad shit down there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, okay, like the story no, he, of Nessus. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, so uh, early readers all, uh, know this, right? We might, we might not be as familiar, but yeah. Basically, Nessus is a, a centaur that tried to abduct uh, abduct Hercules's wife. Um, mm-hmm. He got killed by Hercules, but then somehow, like, like as he's dying, he convinces Hercules's uh, wife that like his blood mixed with the 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 blood of the Hydra can create mm-hmm. a potion to keep Hercules from cheating on her. Um, uh-huh. And so she saves his his bloody centaur shirt, um, and he gives it to to Hercules. Um, I think when he's like about to fight the Hydra, um, mm-hmm. to you know to splash the blood on you know. And but like uh, like the poison blood is actually so painful that Hercules has to be like cremated alive to get rid of it because um, mm-hmm. he's you know like half god, right? Right. Greek mythology, people. <laughs> that's that, right? But that's that's Ness- that's Nessus, right? I just imagine. <laughs> That's Virgil. He said he he does that that really loud whisper, right? right? It's like that's Nessus. <laughs> but yeah, and then and then as Chiron's coming up, and over here is Chiron, right? Uh, but yeah, so so Chiron shows up, and and Virgil explains that they're like they, he literally says it's like mm-hmm. you know it is it is not um what is it it's like it's not pleasure that that drives us but need right so he's right. he's basically saying like you know we're here on business not pleasure. <laughs> Right. right, exactly. And I'll have the fish and he'll have the chicken. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Dante tries to speak up, but Virgil's like, no, 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 he will have the chicken. He will have the chicken boiled right. in blood up to its ears. Yes. <laughs> um, and actually, yeah, like, like, um, uh, could, could one of Chiron's soldiers be so mm-hmm. kind as to carry Dante on his back as they travel through the... Sur- this, is, this, is, this is the actual... We're not joking anymore. Right, this right, is, right. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so... Um, so who does Chiron pick? Chiron pick... <laughs> Pick Nessus. <laughs> right. So, Virgil, Virgil loudly whispers to Chiron, I think it should be Nessus. And then they're on Nessus's back and constantly like, yeah, so Nessus was stupid enough and dumb enough to abduct the wife of Hercules. Wow. Daenerys. I mean, I already yeah. knew that everybody knows the story of Nessus. I mean, except in the, you know, the 21st century, which is, you know. It's going to be confusing to some people, but right. but of course we all know this one. Yeah, Nessus is like, oh. mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, so Nessus is escorting them, and he's you know like like we get the uh, he's he's doing his part. He's he's you know um, doing the obligatory roll call of uh, the historical figures as he points out all the sinners. <laughs> well, he's in just the trying river. to drown out there. There's shit talking yeah. on it, literally on its back. <laughs> so on your right, is- you can see Alexander the Great. <laughs> That was so stupid what Nessus did. <laughs> and on your left, we have a pool of blood that oh, was brought down by Earth to reflect the sins of the us. king of Syracuse. Shh, quiet. No, I am being quiet. You be quiet, Dante. Look, his ears, his ears are pointing backwards. Yeah, it's not that, that means that he's, I think that means that he's angry. I think that Nessus can hear us. <laughs> Wait, let me test it. <laughs> Nessus has a doo-doo head. Nessus, you want to, you want to go for a walk? Uh, what? You want to go, you want to, you want to go outside? Uh, you want to, you want to treat? Uh, stop it, stop it! Uh, sugar cube. No. You've seen that? You've seen like, like uh, owners uh, doing that to their dogs. It's oh, like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a walk? And, and then just the, you know, the dogs like, like get all excited, right? <laughs> Outside, <laughs> go see grandma, right? <laughs> right, because they know who grandma is. Yeah, Nessus, do you want to do you want to date an au pair? <gasps> <laughs> oh, Nessus, we're we're passing the uh, you know your favorite spot by the fence. <laughs> no, then I I suddenly appear. <laughs> Which one of you fuckers talking about the fence? <laughs> Is my fence. <laughs> this fence is is oddly like ever present. It's just <laughs> oh oh yeah. After I'm done and, with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're always just like you know, like the top of your head is always just like, what's that? Uh, um, uh, uh, that Kilroy, like you know, he kind of like <laughs> yes, Kil- Kilroy is here. <laughs> yeah, Keenan was here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is still here. Keenan is still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, yeah, Nessus is, yeah, yeah. is pointing out all of the people who are down there, which is very mm-hmm. useful yeah, in this circle right. of violence, right? Of violence, yeah, yeah. right. And he, and he points out all the sinners, um, and and he mentions like Alexander mm-hmm. and Dion- Dionysius. Like he was, he was a Greek tyrant who ruled the city of uh, uh, Syracuse, I think. Mm-hmm. In Sicily, um, during the fourth century BCE, not not to be confused with Dionysus, god of wine and women and song. Yeah, um, that's what and I would point- do. I confuse them. Yeah, yeah, right. Dionysius. It's literally one letter that that uh, that mixes it up. Yeah, um, but yeah, he he points out uh, Azolin and Obizo of Esti. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I can find, these seem to be like local rulers whom Dante associates with violence. But I I could not find much else mm-hmm. on either of these. Yeah. Um, okay, so so now we are in Canto thirteen. Yeah. Canto 13, circle 7, point 2. Because remember, circle 7 is divided into three smaller circles, right? Right, this is where Dante really cares about. He spends his time in these three his, circles. Oh, yeah, 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 right? Um, so, yeah, so the first one was violence against others, um, and then now we are in uh, the circle for violence against uh, oneself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so so uh, uh, it turns out to be this dark overcrowded forest full mm-hmm. of uh, these gnarled trees with gray leaves and poison thorns. And as they're walking, Dante can hear and also catch glimpses. This is really creepy. Like he can mm-hmm. hear and catch glimpses of harpies, which are perched or, or nested inside the trees. And folks, yeah, like harpies are like, you know, like these, uh, these, these bird creatures with the heads of, I think it's like specifically women, right? right? 
Yeah, and it's just, oh, it's creepy. Um, and they're they're a little different from Furies, so I guess right. because we've seen Furies before, but these are right. harpies. Yeah, yeah, we we saw Furies and Dis, and now we see harpies in 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 Dare, uh, in, in in Dare, right? Or, or, yeah, in these woods. Yeah, <laughs> these woods. These woods. <laughs> we got there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so, 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 um, yeah, so, so we got the Furies, uh, you know, in the trees, right? And no, no, we have the Harpies in the trees. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the, the sorry, Harpies. By right? me trying to clarify. I, 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 right. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harpies and Furies, right? Mm. Oh my. Um, but yeah, and, and, uh, and, and Virgil tells Dante to look around and pay close attention to what he's seeing and hearing. And Dante realizes that he can hear human voices lamenting, but he can see no one. Again, this is like the scariest circle so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Dante thinks there might be like people hiding amongst the trees, right? Mm-hmm. But Virgil's like, oh, no, uh, break off a branch from one of these trees. And so Dante does... And the tree mm-hmm. cries out and says, why do you mangle me? Mm-hmm. And it begins to bleed. <laughs> and Virgil's like, pretty sweet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and Dante turns to him. It's like, I, I like you're you're already like well into the road trip with this guy. <laughs> and now you're discovering what your friend is actually like. Right? <laughs> right, right. It's like, couldn't you have just told me that the tree was yes. sentient and bleeds and not, not yeah. have me do no, it? No, 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 no. This is... This is going to get you way more readers. This is this is how this happens. Yeah. No. Now you now now you'll never do that again. Will you? Right, well, right. no. Well, no, I, no. I, I wouldn't it. have done that to begin with. <laughs> but yeah, this is that this is the creepiest thing. And and it begins to to bleed and Virgil asks the tree to tell Dante who he was. Mm-hmm. And the tree answers that he was Pierre de la Vigna. And now Pierre de la Vigna was a notable figure in the court of Emperor Frederick II and served as his chancellor. Um, however, he fell out of favor um, and was unjustly accused of treason, which led to his imprisonment uh, and eventual suicide by uh, banging his head against the walls of his cell. Mm-hmm. So in Dante's story, um, for the sin of suicide, he and the rest of the inhabitants of this forest, because that's what all of these trees are. They're, right. they're former people who, uh, form, former people who committed suicide and are turned into trees, right? So right. now it's interesting here that Dante has Pierre de la Vigna go on to tell his story and then say at the end, though I had always been just, I was unjust to myself. Mm-hmm. And we get the sense that this is someone that like Dante respects and, and uh, feels pity for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the tree falls silent right and again it's that weird like we were talking to um um uh, the guy you know the, the the guy in the hot tub grave right right and you know he does his little spiel and then he it's almost like he turns off right and i don't know why i still can't figure out like a, a like like how to how to verbalize why that like scares me but it's like his batteries have run out or something right. like that and he's it's just completed like, oh. his programming Yes, right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, it's it's almost like he's not even conscious of of anything else, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, however, uh, Virgil presses Dante to ask it more questions, but like yeah, Dante Virgil is it's a, sti- a shitster in this uh, circle here. Yeah, he's he's a little bit sadistic in he's this. Like, yeah, right? He's like, see what happens when you kick it, kick it a little. Yeah, right. Like he's like, go break off, break off a limb from that tree, <laughs> and and like even though it, it seems like it's in pain, right. telling you its story, ask it more questions. Yeah, right? ask him why he killed himself. Yeah, right. Jesus, Virgil. Yeah. yeah, God. But yeah, so so um, 
he wants him to ask him more, but like like uh, Dante doesn't want to. Like he's right. he's so broken up with pity. But so so Virgil asks uh, the tree to explain what happens in this circle. So I guess he's doing it, you know, like for Dante's benefit. He's trying to like this is you know he's being a teacher or whatever. Yeah, right? sure, whatever whatever gets you out of bed in the morning, Virgil. Sure, yeah, Virgil, <laughs> come on. Um, but uh, yeah, like like uh, he asks him to uh, to. to to explain the circle and mm-hmm. also like if the souls in this circle will ever get out, right? Mm-hmm. So Pierre de la Vigna, um, he, he says that when they get to hell, they start out as a seed and then they grow into the tree. This is after Minos has judged them, yeah. sends them to the circle and they start out as this little seedling and then they grow into the tree, right? Um, and then the harpies live in them and like bite them and scratch them and feed on their leaves as like additional punishment. And apparently, according to um, Pierre de la Vigna, mm-hmm. um, on the day of judgment, when the souls are finally reunited with their bodies, right, these trees will not be allowed to inhabit their bodies because right. they, they cannot have what they themselves have uh, uh, forsaken, right? Right. They have violence um, against themselves. So. Right. Yeah. So unlike the rest of the souls in hell who I guess I guess they get their bodies back and then suffer the same punishment as before, right? Uh-huh. So Hot Tub Guy is going to have like an even hotter time <laughs> once he gets his body back, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for these trees, right, um, they have to hang their bodies on the trees that they have become. Oh, I see. Yeah. So so like like of all the circles, this is like the darkest one that we have come across, I think. So they get reminded of what they have sacrificed yeah, you know, right? when they're sinning. Yeah. And, you know, this is this is so Dante is both reflecting the morality of his time, but then also creating the morality of, of future times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like like the idea of like Dante is saying, like, you know committing suicide which is a term that people today are trying to move away from have right. you heard about yeah. this yeah uh, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like like suicide as a sin even in secular society so even that term like he mm-hmm. tried to commit suicide and how how hurtful that can be right because like when you have someone who survives a suicide attempt and mm-hmm. you talk about until he tried to commit suicide or this person committed suicide the mm-hmm. act of suicide itself becomes this yeah sinful like shameful right. thing rather than like the symptom of mental illness or symptom of despair right. so so they're trying like to move this away person was already suffering and now you're gonna now you're gonna like like heap that on top of them as well it's right like, oh you, exactly. you try like you, you tr- yeah you were committing yeah. this sin yeah even even if they're a secular person so they're trying to take that that phrasing out of it right right so that yeah because it's not helping at all no yeah and then um you know in my in one of my classes where we're dealing with japanese uh mm-hmm. we're talking about ritual suicide like seppuku mm-hmm. which um right. in the west I, i'm not quite sure why it became Harikiri or Harry Carey? Do you know the history of that at all? Right. Yeah. I mean, people say Harry Carey because it sounds Harry like Carey, Harry yeah. Carey. It's 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 Harakiri. Harakiri. Um, yeah, but Tsupuku is the more correct yeah. term. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's like a um, what do you call it? Like a square rectangle thing going on there. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Like great, one of yeah. them. One of them is a term. Is an umbrella term for. And one of them is like specific, right? Well, I heard I heard one uh, a different podcaster. My my favorite podcast is called Stuff You Should Know, and mm-hmm. they were talking uh, as a tangent because they do tangents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they were talking about um, the the oh they were talking about the suicide forest in um, right. in Japan, and mm-hmm. they were t- they were talking about like in the in the West because they we know of these ritual suicides. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the Japanese don't have the same concept of sin as us, mm-hmm. um, sometimes from the outside we can think like, "Oh, they don't care about suicide," but actually, no. Like it hurts, it hurts their family, their friends, it hurts their society, etc. Right. But they just yeah. don't. They haven't attached it as we have in the West with this idea of like that act in and of itself is this um, is this sin that needs to be punished. Where we are now, like in the third highest circle of hell, because <laughs> right. you you had a mental illness or you were going through despair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, just just talking about it, like 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 in in Christian morality, suicide has been a sin, and you know mm-hmm. that's one of the ones that you know people who who help people like counselors and psychiatrists and therapists and social workers are like that is one of the most hurtful things we have done within yeah. this like framing of hell is to think of that as a sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's like uh, you can kind of see like what they were trying. They were what they were trying to deter people from doing. They're trying to right? save lives, right? Yeah, they're trying to save lives, and which you know, which is what you know, modern doctors and, you know, and, and modern, um, like, like you know, people are trying to do right. here, right? right? Like nobody want nobody wants this to be a thing, right. but the scare tactics of, of, uh, you know, the old times mm-hmm. are, were, were, you know, are, are more hurtful than they, right. than, than, uh, I guess, you know, the, the, the people who invented it, yeah. um, uh, uh, imagined and yeah. lucky for us that's the only time that catholic scare tactics have backfired in a way that has hurt real people right that's yes. that's never happened again <laughs> or before or since or before or since right no not on this let let us be the first on this episode the seventh <laughs> installment of the history of the devil right never before has catholic doctrine um caused any negativity or any negativity whatsoever yes in the world yeah but yeah, um, oof, yeah, but like a really, really heavy, heavy, heavy subject. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. He's uh, spending all this time, like, like, like the top three are kind of like top three circles, you know, or top four, I guess, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Limbo, it's like, like yeah, funny. You, yeah. You're watching, and it's like, ah, you get what you get, right? right it's like, right. it's like you, you, you have this almost like, and I imagine, you know, Dante have like going through these first couple circles, like mm-hmm. with this, like almost like this self satisfied smirk right. on his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, nah, well, I'm glad I'm not a glutton. I'm glad I'm not a, you know, <laughs> yeah. But once um, you get to the anger sloth river of shit, and then the yeah. the burning the burning tombs, yeah, we're, yeah, getting, we're getting real serious here. It's getting a little bit of, ooh, yeah, it's getting a little heavy, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then this one, like like Dante's actually moved to pity, right? Like mm-hmm. he feels really, really bad for these right. people, right? Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, like now as they're as they're talking to um, this tree, you know, mm-hmm. Pierre de la Vigna, mm-hmm. um, they get interrupted by a bunch of souls who are not trapped in trees Mm -hmm. and they're running through this forest being chased by wild animals. I think it's wolves. Um, and they're begging for death and scholars argue about what this, what this is. It's like, why are they like, if, if they are, um, uh, um, people who also killed themselves, why, you know, why are they not trees? You know, like what's going on here? Right. Right. But you just, you just brought up something I hadn't thought when I was reading it. Why are they begging for death? If they're in hell, they're already dead. Right. That's a, well. That's another thing, right? Like, are they there? Do they not? Do they not understand, or do they like? Is is it just the like the idea that death will stop the the pain? They think, but they're already. They're already I know. Or they're just maybe. Oh, like you're saying like they're just used to. That's just something that you would say, I guess. Yeah, that's like that's an idea that like oh you know like I just, like just want to be done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean yeah, um, but and and some scholars are saying like maybe this is uh, this could be. Uh, people who um, it, see, and this is tough too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to believe that this is what Dante was going for. But he's uh, some some uh, scholars are saying that possibly this is people who joined the army, mm-hmm. and it's like after after like kind of like being washed up and having nothing else, like they 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 squandered their their um, their money or something like that, mm-hmm. and then they joined the army. Um, and and put themselves in danger in that way and died. So so these scholars who are interpreting these like non-tree uh, people in this circle are saying that by signing up for the military, you are like like sort of 
killing yourself. Oh, I see. Uh, Let me see if this time frame works on this 13th and 14th century. Yeah, okay. So that might align with with this history. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. But that might actually align with something that was going on during during the century before Dante uh, was writing, where you would have Italian mercenaries happening, like Italian mercenaries became incredibly famous. And they would, they would like form these companies and then, um, and then go all across Europe to uh, be soldiers of fortune. Right. And this was a relatively new idea. So I wonder if that's what he was talking about. Um, Oh, later on, they would be they'd be sort of called the um, condottiero. I don't know how to say this, the condottieri. So C O N D O T T I E R E. So that would be a little bit later than Dante's time where they get this term. But but Mm. yeah, that that was a new type of warfare that was happening in the 1200s and 1300s where, um, you know, basically you might. So if you're from Florence and Florence Mm -hmm. hadn't been at war for a couple hundred years, you could, you know, you would have to go and, and. and sell yourself as a mercenary or in a mercenary company where you weren't fighting for your city state or your small nation, you were doing it for, for a living. Oh, dang. And you'd have to, you'd have to go and find other places who were engaged in wars. You'd go to Parma or you'd go to Venice and, and sell yourself <sighs> in that way as a soldier. Okay. And that's, and so, okay, I can see that. Yeah. Scholars are saying that that's what these people are. Cause they're That'd not be interesting. Trees. Right, yeah. right, right. Because that would be, that was a new type of thing that had not happened before. You used to be that you just, you would just get what, like, um, um, drafted by your, your king or your exactly. duke, right? And you would mm-hmm. fight and you'd be fighting for your people and your land, but this right, is a new right. type of thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Huh. So yeah. So, so these, these non tree, um, souls, right. They're, they're running away from these wolves mm-hmm. and they dive into this thorn bush mm-hmm. to like try to protect themselves um but like the wolves find them and tear them to pieces and then go on their way and so I do imagine, they die like, down there <laughs> i don't <laughs> so they're like they're gonna die down there <laughs> but they're begging for death and they're already right? dead and then these wolves kill them i can't imagine that that's the end for them it has to be like they they get rejuvenated or something oh thank right? goodness or i mean oh no that's terrible yeah <laughs> a little freudian slip there yeah um Oh, Freud, I wonder if he's done. He's in the circle of lust for sure, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but like, I, or, or these, you know, after getting torn to pieces, they just, you know, exist for the rest of eternity as a foot or something like that, you know? So then, yeah, like, like uh, the wolves leave, right? Carrying away the pieces of, of, uh, of, these, of these souls. <laughs> but now Dante and Virgil can see and hear that this thorn bush is weeping and bleeding from all of these, like, pores and all of these lacerations right. and keenan i've seen like pictures of this thing oh. and like in all the pictures it also has a face <laughs> it's it's the scariest thing i did and, not see that Let me look yeah and and so virgil asks the bush to tell its story <laughs> and it explains that uh that it, that he once lived in that city which exchanged so this is the quote right once lived in quote that city which exchanged its earlier patron for the baptist right so he's talking about florence right Mm -hmm. so so this bush lived in florence before it was christianized right and the patron of florence was mars the god of war right um and the bush says that he hung himself back on earth but it's unclear like why or if this bush is supposed to be referencing like a real person um, or if his suicide was because of the transition from the old gods to the new, right? Like he asks, you know, like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I couldn't find any more information, uh, on this butch, uh, on this butch, on this, uh, on this bush. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it, it's just like the creepiest thing to me that it's like, I don't know why a bush is creepier than a tree, right? <laughs> but it, maybe because it's bleeding. Well, no, the, yeah. the, the trees were bleeding too, right? No, but, it's not swole. You like, you like yeah. swole trees. Yeah, right? <laughs> God, yeah. But um, yeah, so, so um, but in any case, right? Like the bush asks Dante and Virgil to gather up the limbs of the trees that had mm-hmm. been broken off by the souls that were running through uh, the woods being uh, chased by the wolves and to pile them at the base of the bush. And again, like, I don't know why he asks them to do that, right? It almost seems like like a reverence thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, it seems really sad to me, like this futile attempt at reverence or or remembrance or something like yeah. that. Um, this this reminds me uh, this circle or this this subcircle mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of like L. Frank Baum's work of like people yeah. being turned into furniture forever and you know mm. this is the sort of like sadness there that that goes with that yeah yeah it like because that's your that's your eternity now right like right. you're you're an Ottoman not an Ottoman you know what I mean like <laughs> you know, not the Empire the uh, right the, right right the footstool thing right yeah or you're or a, a chair, you're a, or you know. Um, you're a tin man, and who knows how who knows how long you've been there, stuck there without an oil can coming along, yeah. and just watch people go. And yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's just like that. Yeah, Oof. these Dante's thinking of some pretty creative um, punishments. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dwelling mm-hmm. a lot in these. Yeah, the, the more vindictive circles he spends, the more time. Yeah, hey. but yeah. So, you okay, so, Dante. Yeah, Dante. You right, Dante, you're right. Who hurt you, Dante? <laughs> well, no, actually, we know. We yeah, we've yeah. seen and met yeah, all of them so far. <laughs> We're going to meet even more. <laughs> yeah. I think Dante's greatest enemy mm-hmm. is Dante. <laughs> Gotta love yourself, Dante. Yeah. Oh, wow. If he got down to that bottom that bottom circle and instead of Satan, mm-hmm. in case of ice, it was just himself. It was just... <gasps> <laughs> we got we to redact this thing. We, gotta... <laughs> re-ra- we got some notes for you, Dante. Yep, oh, yep, we yep. got some studio notes Be for much, you. Much, much more, right? It's, it's this big monstrous version of mm-hmm. him, right? Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's all of his faces. Wow. I like You're that. a three-faced like son of a bitch, Dante Alighieri. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And one of them's always, one of them's always cracking jokes and one of them's always being like really petty and mean. And, and the other one's always, um, was chewing on Judas Iscariot. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, folks, that is Canto 13. And next we will explore Canto 14, still in Circle 7. This is the third sub-circle reserved for those who have done violence against art, nature, and or God. Mm. But for now, I fear our time has run out. And that is all of my notes. Keenan, is there anything else? Oh yeah, you see the chair you're sitting on? Uh, yes, I yeah, see yeah. it. Uh-huh. Rip, rip its arm off, see what happens. What? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, rip it, rip it. All right, all right, co-host of mine, whom I trust. Oh! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a person whom I definitely know, but I'm not going to name on this show. <laughs> Call him Pig. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do call him. I mean, he knows who he is. He knows who he is. I just ripped your arm off, pig. Do you know what you, you know what you did? You know what you did. You know what the piglet did. And now I sit on you while I podcast. So now I only have one arm for this chair. This is uh, yeah. kind of I've I kind of shot myself in the foot here. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, hoist, hoisted by my own petard. But uh, yeah, you know, it was worth it, pig. <laughs> you hear that, pig? 
it was me hitting my chair. That's right. Um, that's, that's definitely, I'm, uh, no, I mean, that's definitely not a person. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Um, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark, and you can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz, and you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media, and a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate that. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. We just got another one. I'm so excited. I'm so thankful every time we uh, we get those. It, it, it makes my day. Okay. Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the, the power, power of strike, strike compels you. you.